Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. It's it's an introduction to the podcast. I'm, I'm your host, Bia Wong. With me, with me's Garrison. Hello, hello. Welcome to part three of this nightmare. Yeah. So, okay. All the way back in episode one, I said that Marxist Leninism was based on a series of arguments about the state, the nature of socialism, and the left relation to nationalism. And today we're going to go through some of those arguments because uh, they're key to understanding the rise of a new kind of nationalist socialism, one that's focused on taking back your country from nebulous global elites and from Zionists. Uh, They call it MAGA communism, but you might almost call it a kind of national socialism. (laughs) So how do we get from Marxist-Leninism, an ideology whose defining thing is pure and total opposition to the American empire, to MAGA communism, a thing about how great the U.S. is and how much they like Trump? Patriotic communism. (laughs) These are two distinct – patriotic socialism and and, uh, MAGA communism are two technically distinct things. We'll be getting into that. It's It's a long, dark road ahead. but. There's no light at the end of it either. It just it just keeps being long and dark. So I think I think the place to start, if you want to understand how this sort of like Ouroboros of shit emerged from the left, is by talking about the left's discourse on nationalism. So one of the things that Marxist-Leninism did, and this is one of its key political achievements on the left was to rehabilitate nationalism and talk about it in a way that was very, very different to what was happening in the left before this. And, you know, because the, the, the left around 2011, like around Occupy, but after that, tended to be very skeptic- skeptical of nationalism because, you know, they had come out of, like, the Bush era and were, you know, had, 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 had firsthand experience with, like, what American nationalism really looks like and how much it absolutely sucks. Now, and the Marxist-Leninists are attempting to bring this, bring nationalism back into the left, and they're doing this through arguments that aren't necessarily wrong. Um, their argument is effectively that anti-colonial nationalism and anti-colonial nationalisms, because there's a bunch of them, and particularly like non-white anti-colonial nationalism, like aren't the same thing as American nationalism, and that these anti-colonial nationalisms like are revolutionary. And this is true in a lot of cases, right? Like Palestinian nationalism is like a completely different thing from Australian nationalism. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm pretty 
opposed to like nationalism on principle, but I'm not going to like tell some Kurdish kid that they need to like abandon their desire to speak Kurmanji because it's like insufficiently revolutionary or whatever. Right. Like, but th- this is where we kind of start running into problems because, you know, you, OK, so what about like Bathism, for example? Bathism originally is a leftist like nationalist movement, right? And they are opposed, at least nominally, to American imperialism. But they are, one, hardline anti-communists and two, hardcore Arab nationalists, which may have been vaguely tolerable if you were Arab, but like, God help you if you were like Kurdish or Syrian or Yazidi or like any other national minority under Ba'ath Party rule where, you know, they're going to ban your flags, they're going to ban your language, they're going to like keep your keep you from like naming your kids like your names. This is literally a thing. Like it sounds absolutely nuts, but like, yeah, like it was illegal to give your kid like a Kurdish name in both in both sort of Ba'athist Syria and Ba'athist Iraq. And, you know, if you try to resist this, they'll kill you. Um, And I'm using Ba'athism like as an example for this because <laughs> – like there are people now who are genuinely Bathists, but it's like it's really hard to find people who support the Bath Party. But yes, for for reference, yeah. I have never heard of this, despite my. Oh, you never heard of the Bath Party? Oh, no. this is Saddam. This is Saddam Hussein's party. In in in, in okay, well, in, in terms of the its rev, uh, relevancy to the modern kind of workings of of of. Uh, the sort of political spheres I operate in. This is not something that has come up in, in yeah, my, I've, in my I, conversations. I've ran into them. There, I've, I've ran into a few neo-Bathists who are either like Saddam's. Well, so, so the, the big bastion of kind of like, it's not even really Bathism anymore, but like, like Bashar al-Assad technically is like a Bathist, okay, okay. right? Um, although his, they're not really Bathists anymore. They just kind of have this party apparatus still around. But like, you know, most people are like, OK, this sucks. Right. But, but the, the, you know, I'm using bathism because it's it's the easy example. But like this is this is a question you have to ask with basically all national liberation movements. And it's one people don't like asking, which is whose nation is being liberated and, you know, what kind of class collaboration and ideological collapse do these nationalist movements uh, produce? And these aren't abstract questions, right? One of the big examples of this is West Papua, which is a uh, a place that is ruthlessly and brutally colonized by Indonesia. But, you know, Sukarno, who's this great sort of like – Sukarno is this great like anti-imperialist hero. He's the guy who did the Bandung Conference, which is the, the giant assembly of all of the sort of like Asian and African states to like join together to resist imperialism. And – but, but like one of the things that 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 this left wing Indonesian nationalism is about is their right to colonize Papua. So the West Papuans just get absolutely screwed over by by the Indonesians. And this is this is where this place where you have to ask, like, whose nation is being liberated? And the answer is not the West Papuans. Right. They're just getting absolutely screwed because the nation that's being liberated is this new nation of Indonesia and not them. And, you know, I mean, I've talked about this on the show before. Like, I'm personally skeptical of left-wing nationalist movements because I'm from China. And, like, like my family is from China. And we had two left-wing national liberation movements trained back by the USSR. Uh, and the first one, which is the Chinese Nationalist Party, made it about seven years before they turned on the Chinese working class and butchered them in the streets with machine guns. And then spent the next 70 years as, like, a fascist death squad party. And then the other one, the Chinese Communist Party, lasted... Yeah, maybe like 40 years. I mean, they, they they lasted like how many years in power? Like 17 years in power before they got to the Cultural Revolution where they were also shooting workers in the streets and bulldozing mosques in Xinjiang, which is a thing that they continue to do to this day as part of what is – and I, I – I shit you not, the, the the name for the quote-unquote counterterrorism operation that China runs in Xinjiang is the People's War on Terror. I wish I was making this up. I'm not – Huh. Right, and, and this and this is a product of Chinese nationalism, right? Like it's, it's, it's like it's Chinese Islamophobia and Chinese nationalism that sort of do this stuff. I'm very skeptical of nationalism as like a liberatory framework, but like it's complicated, right? It genuinely is. Sure, one of these things that's you know like there there are there are there is lots of nuances to it, and you know I I, I think you have to take a kind of middle ground. Of like you have to keep it kind of under control, but also like I'm not going to go tell a Palestinian kid that their nationalism is bad, right? Like, it's, yeah. you know, 
I should I, I realize that I've never explained this the whole time I was doing this. Uh, so ML is an abbreviation for Marxist Leninist that people say because saying Marxist Leninist over and over again, like I've been doing for these past two episodes, is is annoying, wearying. Yeah. So the ML decided to take the other extreme, which is just mainlining every single non-Western nationalism they could get their hands on. Because they're trying to hold nationalist positions that are contradictory <laughs> at the same time. So, for example, like they're, they're trying to be both. Okay, I guess I should explain this a little bit. So part of it is people being nationalists for countries that they're not from, which is deeply weird. Part of it also, and this is this is part of the reason this stuff spread, is, you know, you get like Chinese people becoming Chinese nationalists, like in response to like COVID and anti-Asian violence or just sort of in general as like a pipeline but, you know, you get people trying to have both being both like Chinese nationalists and Vietnamese nationalists at the same time. And that doesn't make any sense. I mean, like the whole apparatus that all of these sort of revolutionary anti-imperialist nationalisms would work together was shat- like should have been shattered when China invaded Vietnam. Um, their solution to this is just to pretend that it never happened. Uh you know, and and but but like like Chinese and Vietnamese nationalism like don't like each other. Like on the, on the Vietnamese side, in in like modern Vietnam, so they they have like a basically their own. Ver- it's not actually their own version of like it's not actually like a QAnon branded thing, but they have a conspiracy theory that's like their version of the like sovereign citizen like Q thing, and their version of it is that it basically says that the the Vietnamese government sold the country to China in 1990. And they're like embarking on like a 40 year plan to like fully sell the country to China. And like, like Western MLs just completely ignore this stuff because it's not convenient for them. And they just pretend that all these people get along. But this stuff gets, you know, it gets incredibly bizarre and like just weird really quickly like one of the things i remember from back in 2016 2017 i was started i was hearing like leftists talking about how ukraine wasn't a real nationality and how it had been invented by nazis and that ukrainians are inherently fascist and i was like what like why is some random kid from new jersey suddenly screaming about how ukraine is like a fake nationality (laughs) and you know it turns out yeah (laughs) like it's because these people were like really getting into russian nationalism (laughs) In like in like 2016, it was just deeply weird, and then you get to like 2022, and all these people are just straight up supporting like Putin's invasion of Ukraine on the grounds that like Ukraine is isn't a real place, and also is only Nazis and stuff like that. And this has this has real sort of ideological consequences for what Marxist Leninism becomes because it begins to pivot around. A collection of nationalisms to the point where it's not even it's not based on communism anymore. It's just pure economic nationalism. And this is a product of these incredibly convoluted justifications they have to put together for supporting China, which is objectively a market economy and like very obviously a market economy. While you know, so they have to support China while also nominally being anti-capitalist. Uh, and I'm not going to go into these arguments because they're just pseudo-Marxist gibberish. It's just it's just weird intellectual posturing. I think it's more useful to look at where it ends up, which is have 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 you ran into the people advocating bricks? It's like the great anti-American thing. What? <laughs> Do you know what bricks is? No. no. Oh god. Okay. So I, I don't. No, I could, I don't think so. Bricks is a thing that stands for Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. Um, oh god. It was originally a asset class developed by the chairman of asset management at Goldman Sachs. So this is how you know it's really anti-imperialist, right? Like this is a, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's golden a, Golden Sachs carrier of the red flag. Yeah, like it's 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 an investment. It's an outline of an investment strategy, right? But a lot of a lot of these people become convinced that like BRICS is like it's like a real alliance, and these people are like gonna like create the multipolar world where the U.S. is no longer the only power. And this is anti-imperialism, and like, <laughs> uh huh, yeah. This is like. On a fundamental level, if you're pushing bricks as an anti-imperialist formation, like, what are we even doing here? Like, 
Who who is doing the socialism in Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa? Right? Like, is it the guy who invaded Haiti? Is it the butcher of Gujarat? Is it Vladimir? Quote: We will show Ukraine true decommunization. Putin. Is it the African National Congress of selling your comrades out to Bank of America? Or is it quote: We must combat welfareism. Xi Jinping. Like none of these states are even remotely socialist. Like, but you know, people are people are, are holding them up as like anti. Imperialist powers because you know their their sort of faux anti imperialism has completely devoured whatever their anti capitalism used to be, and you know you shouldn't look too closely at like India's relations with the U.S. either. Uh, pay no attention to the fact that Indian and, uh, Ch- and Chinese troops periodically beat each other to death in the mountains. Uh, you know it, it, it's a disaster, but this is what happens when you mix nationalism with your socialism. <laughs> And because of where this is going, we should talk about the history, a little bit about the history of displacing class struggle with the struggle between states, because one of the people who does this is a man that Garrison, I bet you have heard of. His name is Benito Mussolini. Uh, Oh, yes, I'm I'm slightly familiar with his (laughs) with his work. Yeah. and, And Mussolini's thing like one one of his things in the beginning is that the you know okay so like the Marxist line is that there's class struggle between the proletariat and the bourgeoisie right so the the, the capitalists and the working class are fighting it out and that's the the you know the the logic of history is driven by these two classes fighting it out and Mussolini goes no no proletarians and bourgeoisie have been replaced by the struggle between like proletarian nations and capitalist nations. So this is, you know, you, you can you can start to see the outlines of how we're going to get to a national socialism from here. But first, do you know who else opposes a national socialism? Is it? It's the, the products and services. Okay. All right. Support this podcast. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure advertising hates, yeah, yeah. hates the tenets national of national socialism. socialism. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, You can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. We're back. Okay, so we have 
the nationalism part in National Socialism. And one of the other parts about this nationalism is that it's the vector by which a bunch of right-wing social values start creeping into these Marxist-Leninist spaces. Because there are still a lot of like old-school Marxist-Leninist parties left over from like the 60s. But a lot of them are just basically right-wingers now. Like They're unbelievably homophobic. They're transphobic. They like scream about cancel culture all the time. Like they're just they're just boomers, right? But they're boomers who the thing they're a boomer for is Marxist Leninism. And the ML's strategy for dealing with this was to just ignore it effectively. You know, and and they're 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 able they do a really good job at ignoring this is happening, right? Like the fact that Russia has passed a series of laws that ban all gender affirming surgery, uh and changing like all, they banned all gender affirming surgery. They banned like anything that allowed would have allowed you to change your gender on like any uh, any um, like any state, state identification documents. Uh, they've banned same sex marriage in the Constitution. They banned anyone like the recent one is they banned anyone from saying that same sex relationships are quote normal or good, and those are their words, not mine. Yeah, I have seen this. Yeah, and you know, they've also declared the quote global LGBTQ movement as an extremist org and immediately started doing raids on like queer bars and nightclubs. And this has changed the minds of zero of the MLs who've been supporting uh who've been supporting like the Russian invasion of Ukraine. They just don't care. And because they don't care, because they've been doing, they've been spending an incredibly, little, you know, one of the things that they do too is like they've been trying to, they they try to make the argument that like, no, 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 these places are actually good for queer people. I see this with China a lot, where they're like, no, no, China has one trans person who was a talk show host, so conditions for trans people there are really good. And meanwhile, like, like actually being a trans person in China fucking sucks ass. There's a really only like a tiny number of of. Uh, of gender clinics like you have to like you have to like there's like this whole thing where you have to like get approval from a bunch of people to get surgery you have to like prove you're not a criminal or something you have to have like a great it's 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 completely nuts the whole system is just nuts right but you know they would either just pretend that it wasn't real or just completely ignore it and what this did was leave a space like leave room in these Marxist Leninist spaces for people who are not really leftist at all, but are just like hardline homophobic, like transphobic, anti-American nationalists. And I, I started seeing this with, cause so one of the problems that Marxist Leninism has is that it's not a, it's not an ideology that exists outside of like the U S Britain, Australia, a bit of Europe, right? Like it doesn't exist in China. The, the closest equivalent to this stuff in China, like people who are, pro like very hardline pro chinese government and are also like pro chinese nationalism the only people in china who believe this stuff are hardline right wingers like people who are people who in the u.s would be classified as fascists and you started to see these people like moving into like marxist Leninist spaces because you know nobody gave a shit that they were like incredibly homophobic and transphobic and they were just i mean again just objectively right wingers right and they just start this sort of creep into in into these spaces. Now, this may or may not have ever turned into a real thing. Um, we don't know, but there were two breakpoints that really like kicked the sort of birth of the the of like MAGA communism and patriotic socialism, like the, the sort of right trajectory of this stuff like into focus. Um there was some stuff that happened in the middle of the 2020 uprisings and then surprise, surprise, January 6th. So do you remember uh, you probably yeah, you were probably busy while this was going on. Do you remember the, the giant outcry over the book in defense of looting? Uh, slightly. Yeah, I, I know that liberals were mad about the title of the book. That's yeah. And, and, and conservatives, obviously. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, so so in the middle of the uprising, or kind of, I guess, kind of towards the tail end of the uprising, completely by coincidence, my friend Vicky Osterweil had been writing a book called "Indefensive Looting," which people should actually go read because it's really interesting. Um, and she got an interview with NPR about it, and people lost their fucking minds about this book. Like everyone from like everyone from Tucker Carlson to like sitting members of the U.S. Senate 
were going on record denouncing. Like I think I think the Democratic Party like officially denounced it. Like it was I I have never seen this kind of like cross partisan every like hate mongering about a book and like the entire time I've been on the left. And you know, and this this didn't just it wasn't just liberals and conservatives and fascists who were freaking out about this. This extended to a bunch of the left. There was there's a lot of like like I mean the editors of the New Republic right are like writing articles denouncing this stuff like it is it's and it spreads across the social democratic left because the social democrats are mad that people are looting small businesses and the other group that really really comes out against this is like are the Marxist Leninists like as people like the gray zone people really come out against this and you know okay so like why am I talking about people not liking a book. The reason I'm, I want to talk about this is that what what emerges from this specific thing. So, Vicky, the the author of this book, is both trans and Jewish, and what emerges here is a spe- very specific combination of transphobia, anti-Semitism, anti-black racism, both explicitly anti-black racism, and in the form of crime panics, and. If you look at all of those elements together, that has been the entire right wing strategy for, you know, putting all of the like uppity minorities back in their place after the uprising. Right. That was their entire strategy. The the, the defense of small businesses, um, you know, and then and then turning that into crime panic to, to rebuild support for the police. This was, you know, that anti-Semitism, transphobia, that is their entire strategy for post-2020. And this is like, this is the place where it was first, all of it was put together in one spot. And again, like a lot of people who are nominally socialists, like a lot of Marxist-Leninists, like join in on this, because even though the point of socialism is to like end capitalists owning private property. Well, that is uh, that is ostensibly the point, I think. Yeah, but in reality, like like the Marxist-Leninists, like they don't actually oppose capitalism. They just think it should be run by someone else. So they everyone like everyone falls in line and joins this sort of like, you know, joins the sort of ritual denunciation of this book. And this is one of these things that really sort of cleaves, like it really, it cleaves the left in between the people who like actually fully support the uprising and the people who are like, Oh no, the small businesses. Oh no, the horror. And the the second thing that really reshapes the environment, like the whole sort of ecosystem, like of the left is January 6th. And so I don't know if people how much people remember the initial reactions to it. I think the reactions to January 6th and the left can be divided into roughly three different reactions, although people have mixes of them. Um, reaction one, this is funny. Uh, reaction two, oh, my God, the fascists tried to do a coup and install Trump as dictator. And reaction three, January 6th was the white working class having its revenge on the liberal politicians. Now. Okay, objectively, we can say that January 6th was not the white working class no, having its revenge on the politicians. If, if you are one of the first two opinions, that's fine, that's normal, that makes sense. If you're the last one, you should stop listening to this podcast. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I want to actually, so I spent a bunch of time after this, and some other people did this too, like, trying to figure out the actual like who from who was arrested and who we know was there what their actual class backgrounds are and it turns out the three most common kinds of people who were there are troops cops and small business owners which is yeah. it is as pure of an expression of the social base of fascism as you can possibly get right like it is the the world was just like hey this is what fascism crop, looks like i mean it is well i think there's, there's, I think there's a lot, a lot of participants in that crowd who I maybe wouldn't even consider fascists, but they are a crop of conservatives that are that have the financial and social resources to be able to go across the country to this to this big event to watch the soon to be ex president speak. Um, like they 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 have enough capital and support to be able to to do this, which is. Very different than a whole bunch of like broke punks riding on trains to go yeah. to protest like halfway across the country. Like th- these are these are two very different social factions. Um, but yeah, it is it is it is a, a grouping of conservatives who are able to financially support going across the country to hear President Trump speak, and then in the moment you realize, oh wow, we're, yeah, we can just go. <laughs> we're breaking into Congress. Yeah, well, I I think the thing I would say about that too is like like. 
part of the process of what fascism is is turning those people from regular conservatives into like into ground troops. Yeah, 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 and, exactly. and that's and that's what's happening here. But but there's a bunch of the left who like absolutely insist that this was really the working class because they are chronically incapable of distinguishing between a large group of white people and the working class. And I, these I, are the people. <laughs> okay. It's not good. They keep doing this. Like they were, they were doing this with like a bunch of like, like French anti-vaxxers. Yes. There's like yes. a bunch of people who were convinced like, and, and this is, this is one of the other things we talked about this last episode. Like these people support the Canadian truckers convoy, even though they're just yes. right wingers. Um, the other big example of this is the, the Belgian farmers protests. There's these huge farm protests in Belgium that are like, a, there's a very big cause, cause to left on the right. And Literally, the thing they are protesting about is that they're incredibly pissed off that there's environmental regulation to try to get them to not like dump fertilizer in the fucking rivers. It's like like that's the kind of thing that they're mad about. Like they're mad about environmental regulation. They're mad about like like not being allowed to completely destroy the environment completely. But because it's like a large mass of people, there's all these people who are like, ah, it's the revolution. It's like, no, these guys are like they're small business owners on farms. Yeah. Ooh, ooh, small bean, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. One of the products of this is this thing that becomes known as patriotic socialism. But first, do you know what else is a product? Uh, all of the wonderful little snippets of, of, of important messages that is about to flow right into your brain ooh. as you listen to these ads. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with a king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. We're back with patriotic socialism. So patriotic socialism is this thing that emerges in like, I think like late, I think it's like early 2020. Um, I, I, w- I was too late. I, I was, I was going to admit I was too lazy to go back and find the first time someone used the term. Patriotic socialist, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, mean, I, I mean, it's, it, I mean, I'm sure those two words have been combined uh, many times. Yeah, well, I mean, like, like in, 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 the, in like the modern a, context, yeah, it's yes, like it's, it's, it's a thing the, from like the very, specific, very like like twenty twenty basically is when it like yes, the, the, the specific ideological strain that we'll be talking about 
uh, emerges around 2020. I think that's fair. Yeah, and it, it so patriotic socialism it combines all of the elements that we've talked about already, right? It takes the nationalism, the homophobia, the support for capitalist economies. But then it makes one crucial move, which is it flips the direction of the nationalisms. So instead of being like hardline anti-Americans, uh, you're now like a hardline pro-American nationalist whose instead thing of, is in, that instead of being an anti-imperialist who ignores the war crimes of China and Syria um, and blah, 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 and blah, Russia. blah. And Ru- uh, yeah, obvi- obviously Russia. Um, instead, now America is the best. Yeah, and, and like you know, and, and the, I mean, their line basically they, they they've adopted this from like an incredibly stupid line that the, the the American Communist Party took in like the 30s, which was like ah, the way we get an Ameri- a revolution in America is through American nationalism. So we're gonna like post pictures of us next to Abe Lincoln, and this is gonna make people not hate us. You know, and, and you can tell how well this worked by uh, tracking the number of people in the Communist Party as the, as they adopt the strategy in the late 30s and seeing how it plummets. So, you know, winning ideas. <laughs> great, great, great moves here. Um, But OK, so the thing about patriotic socialism is that it never did that well because it sucks because you can't. There was originally an attempt to pull in people from the left, right? But everyone who looked at this was like, this is lame and sucks. Like, why would I want to get, why would I want to, like, these people suck. Uh, I don't like that they're weird American nationalists. Why would anyone be interested in this? And so what they were in, so that didn't work very well. Um, The thing they're mostly pulling from is this weird core of, like, LaRoucheites and these, like, very weird third positionist people. But there's just not that many of them. I mean, it, like, it, they they definitely the, the people that were that were pushing this as like an as almost like a mimetic ideology in 2020. There was there was some of them who were more kind of typical like Marxist Leninists people who kind of orbited around uh, the writers at Gray Zone, like we mentioned in the last episode. Yeah. Uh, we had uh, this one YouTuber named Peter Coffin, um, who was oh, like a, like a Marxist YouTuber. Yeah, the guy um, guy is mostly they, for kicking himself in the balls on live TV. Yeah, I, well, I think he he was really one of the the guys to kind of uh, 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 popularize patriotic s- socialism as as a term even before people like Kinkle came onto the scene, which I assume we'll be getting to yeah, shortly. Yeah, we'll get to that. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, it kind, of, it, it kind of circled around this like Caleb Maupin, Peter Coffin circle of these sorts of like content creators and writers who were really into like classical Marxist theory. Um, yeah, but like not – like, I, 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 yeah, but, like, but from, they were, from, from, from very like statist – yeah, uh, but the, American they good perspective, it, right? No, this, no, this is, this is no. the thing is we're, like they they suck as theorists, right? Like, and this is this is like a one of the trends of these people is that they're, and this is why it doesn't take off because like one of the other guys who's going to become like a MAGA communism guy later is this guy named Haas or Infrared, who yeah. he's like the big theory he's, guy, and he's his just stuff like an is unreadable, essentially. But he's, yeah, he's yeah. like a Twitch streamer. I think he's his stuff is completely unreadable. Like it's it's nonsense. Like to the point where even when this politics gets big and Hinkle tries to get people to read it, no one will fucking read it. His own followers won't read it because it's awful. I think there's it's a like, difference between like I don't think that this, at least in my observations of this political subculture, the point is not to convert people to your politics because there there, there really isn't any core political uh, essence of this thing. It's mostly a visual meme to get eyes on you because all these guys that, that are pushing this are all content creators. Like it's it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's it's all a way just to boost your personal brand and to make people affiliate you with a personal brand. Like that, all the guys who are pushing this really hard, none of them were serious about any kind of political theory that tied to this yeah. notion. They were all plugging their Twitch stream, plugging their YouTube, their yeah. their their new book that's coming out. Like all all of it was just to sell content like that, yeah, that, that, that's the, the my thing, read on a lot of the guys that at least initially started pushing this thing as a as like a meme yeah but i i, I think the thing that's important about this too though is the original guys were fucking losers like this is why this didn't work sure right? like, coffin <laughs> the, like coffin starts doing this because his his original previous 17 griffs have all fallen apart yeah like, he was like he he's been through he's taken every conceivable leftist position and tried to make a brand around it and it was just failing right he kind of just turns to this it doesn't work and like him and Moppin and like the other people in the space like are so unbelievably uncharismatic and so it just doesn't work the thing about this too right is like 
the reason it doesn't work partially is because these people aren't charismatic and partially it's because they really are obsessed with writing theory bullshit. Like, like, yeah, it, like the, the, the theory behind it is completely incoherent, but they're like reading their theory on streams and shit. And like, nobody likes that. Th- they right? need to like, produce some no... theory to make themselves feel legitimate. Yeah. But, but, but like but, Haas spends all this time ranting about Hegel. And it's like, does anyone want to list? Like, no, like, I mean, I, I do like hearing about Hegel, but not from oh, Haas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but you know, like like and he's like he's also yelling about how like there isn't a real left anymore because unlike the far right, people won't align with Putin. But uh-huh. into this gap comes Jackson Hinkle. So Hinkle was just like a nobody. He was some random left Twitter person with like 10k followers who yeah, like a sm- lost small. a city council race in 2019. Like he was like he was a joke. Um but in 2020, he starts to crack the formula, which is he, he figures out the same thing the gray zone people do, which is that you can't pull from the left, right? If you want to actually build a large scale brand, you have to pull from the right. And so he's one of the people who first gets really big into this thing called MAGA communism, which is like kind of a it's like kind of a troll ideology, it's like mostly a troll ideology. It's um, memetic, like it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it, yeah. Is, it is, it is meme based. Yeah, basically what they've done is like they, they've pulled together, it's, it's an attempt to build an ideology based on pure authoritarianism, like it's based on like liking both Trump and Xi Jinping and Putin at the same time because all of them are powerful leaders who like want to restore their nation or whatever. Um, And, you know, but like, like the actual content of it is kind of nothing, but but what Hinkle does, and this is the thing he does that's very smart, is that he's not an insufferable theory nerd. He's actually way less smart than Hawes. But because he's not smart, he kind of half stumbles and half figures out into how you make content for the right, which is just incredibly simple propaganda, right? You retweet right-wing social media people. You make posts with very, very simple slogans and like sentences with like words that don't go above two syllables. And you get you get in every single time a right wing grievance thing happens, you just get in and you just keep cranking out indescribable amounts of content every single day. Um, he does this on his YouTube channel. He does this on his Twitter. He now has two point three million Twitter followers, most of which have, he has made in the past two months. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he was on, you know, and he's now he's now taken like he's done one of these right wing media tours. Like he's been on Tucker Carlson. He's been on fucking Infowars. He's been on OANs, the One American Network. Um, and part of the reason this works is because right wingers love to find like a nominal leftist who agrees with them. And Hinkle, you know, he gets into arguments with people sometimes. Like when he was on Alex Jones, there Alex Jones is like, "What do you mean you're a communist? Like what the fuck?" And Hinkle's putting out some bullshit about why America, like communism, is when no globalists. It's he's just doing, you know, it's like in effect, they are doing a form of national socialism, which relies yeah, yeah, on anti-Semitic, which which, which, yeah, which yeah. Re- relies on anti-Semitism and this notion of casting globalists as. Jewish Zionists who are secretly controlling all of industry, and we're going to give the real yeah. power back to the average regular working man. Which is, it's, it's. It, he can frame it as communism, but like it is, it is, it is just a form of Nazi theory. Like that is what yeah. he fundamentally operates and, on. And he's he's interesting because his he is he has gone you know as as bad as the like transphobia stuff from last episode is right. Like that that is like an average like COVID grifter thing. Hinkle has he gone. Has, he has he has his own oh, yeah. own share of transphobia as well. Oh yeah, well and we're gonna get that. Okay, okay. Hinkle is way further right than anyone who's ever come out of the left to like do this kind of thing has ever gone. Yes. He is like so. There's a video of him arguing with a guy named Sneeko, and who I who's I'll a, probably who's just cover. Who is just a Twitch? Is just a. Is a Twitch streamer who aligns himself with a whole bunch of kind of yeah. influencers for young, usually white men. Um, like he's yeah. like he's like close he's to like, like Andrew Tate. It's 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 just yeah. He's a fucking Twitch influencer who who courts unbelievably mis- right wing. 
misogynist young man. Like yeah. that's the basic and, of it. You know, I mean, he he's he's kind of he is, he's gotten to the point where he's he's not quite in the same circles as Nick Fuentes, but that's largely because Fuentes is like a hardline Christian fascist, and Sneeko's like a is like a Muslim fascist in the same wow, well, like fat. He's he's like, he's like a far far right wing Muslim in the same vein as I, like I, 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 uh, I don't even think is. I don't I don't think Sneeko's really ide- politically driven like 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 consciously yeah. so he's 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 just a he's just an asshole who fi- figured out that hey if you say certain things you can get a yeah, whole bunch like of 12 year tw- yeah. tw- employees to watch your stuff all the time like that's that's it's really it's, it's really i think the, the core of 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 his of yeah of i his hate politics he sucks so much um but like so hinko goes on his show and he spends the entire show trying to convince sneko that hitler was gay and that the reason and, and Sneeko's like, well, but Hitler destroyed the the Magnus Hirschfeld Institute for Sexual Research. And Sneeko's like, well, that was a good thing. And Hegel's response is, no, no, no. All of the Nazis were gay and trans. So they had to destroy the Institute of Sexual Research to cover up the fact, to, like to hide the evidence that they were all gay and trans. Like this is a level of like homophobia and like transphobia that is like so far beyond the like normal shit that like and you know and and, and this and like even sneko is like what I, the I, I, fuck are you I, talking I, about see but i i just like, can't take anything hinkle says as like a literal thing he believes I, no no is, he doesn't believe he believes that everything he is, is mimetic pure, like it's yeah he, he is the pure distillation of a man who believes in nothing yeah like like he, he is he's, ju- he's not even a person he's not even a human being he is just a content mill yeah that's that's all he is. He's just a brand. But what he's discovered, the the way he's he's decided to build his brand is by basically out trying to. He's doing okay. There was the, there was the weird manga communism thing. He does that less now because it's it's outlived its usefulness in a lot of ways. No, because now it's now it's easier to be a a a, a Palestine. Uh, yeah, an, like and quote unquote anti Zionist uh, influencer. In reality, he just is extremely anti-semitic like this is yeah that, so is, that is his actual politics yeah and let, let, let's talk about it. well okay here's the thing i it's genuinely unclear to me whether he personally is really anti-semitic like i don't know he might be no, i mean there, he, like there, it doesn't matter like that's the thing like he's the like, way that he talks about it the, the way, the oh, way yeah. that he talks about how 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 zionists like rule the world it's 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 you can just like control yeah so we're gonna talk about that until protocols of the elders of zion. zion yeah like so it's, but, it's, it's, so this is the thing like like hinkle hinkle is not really at this point like there like there there, there is no person behind it right he's just purely a right-wing mill that regurgitates stuff and yeah. the stuff that and the, the way that he figured out you could do this is by trying to outflank the traditional hard right on anti-semitism so let, let, let's let's take a look at like exactly the kind of anti-Semitic shit that he's on because he is just straight up an anti-Semite, right? This is not yeah. a like thing I'm saying because of the Palestine stuff. Um, so Grant the the like last week the trailer for Grand Theft Auto Six came out. Yeah, and there's like a bunch of women twerking in it and like having a good time and like wearing bikinis and stuff. And there's like this in enormous like really weird, incredibly pathetic right wing like thing about it saying that it's like anti-christian and it's like spreading porn to children and teaching people to do crimes and that like shooting cops is bad and that no one should ever play it and because this is like the current right-wing media panic hinkle starts tweeting about it and his tweet is so it starts with an israeli flag and it starts with like that like siren thing that people post when they're about to do an alert mm-hmm. <laughs> quote why are the zionists all capitalized at Rockstar Games releasing this all cap sexualized video game for children in America. Get hashtag ban GTA 6. This is also in all caps. Trending right now. So this is straight up neo-Nazi shit, right? This, this is straight is up neo-Nazi shit about the like, Jews the are Jews promoting conspiracy degeneracy. That's like, yeah. Right? like that's yeah. Yeah. Like, this is like he's, this is just straight up neo-Nazi shit. And he's been trying to use the fact that he is more anti-Semitic than openly anti-Semitic, even than so even than someone like uh, Elon Musk. Right. Sure. And he's been trying to use this as a way to basically steal their bases. Um, so like two days ago when this goes up three uh, really recently, there was this giant like call. Like there's this giant like Twitter space thing that had Alex Jones, Elon Musk, Andrew Trey and Vivek Ramaswamy in it. 
And Hinkle just like keeps asking Elon Musk about whether he's going to turn on the Starlink like internet stuff for Palestine. And these people basically tell him to shut up and like kick him off. But then he does that. He starts doing this like giant, like I've been censored, like media thing about it. And what he's doing here, this is something he does constantly. He's, he's trying to take the bases of, from people like Alex Jones, people like Elon Musk, people from Andrew Tate, who wants more open anti-Semitism. Right. Like these people are anti-Semitic. Yeah, he's, he's trying to flank them. You can say, quote unquote, from the right. But like at this point, the right left spectrum kind of dissolves into meaningless uh, mumbo jumbo. But yeah, he's, he's trying to he's well, I mean, he's just a fascist. Right. He's, he's trying to he's trying to he's flank them from the them anti-Semite flank from the anti-Semitic. Flag, yes. Yeah. And, you know, and but but he's he's figured out. And this is the thing that actually pushed him really into the mainstream is he figured out a way to do cover for this that also lets him get a bunch of like attention and clicks and stuff from the left, which is and, and, you, and also like a, a lot of support from Palestinians and a yeah, lot we're, of support we're gonna, we're gonna from, talk about that in a second. People who yeah. don't understand who he actually is, or maybe if yeah. they do, they, they just don't really care because it doesn't because it doesn't affect them. Um, yeah, because he is currently possibly the most influential person talking about this conflict uh right now like like yeah at, at least on the internet like his 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 impressions is larger than anyone else his tweets yep. get read uh, read aloud in newsrooms across the, across the country like he is he has succeeded in grifting off of off of this conflict to promote his personal brand in a almost an almost unparalleled way. Like there, there, there's never been someone who's done this as successfully as Hinkle does for any other conflict. It is, it is, it is quite, uh, quite, quite surprising that this just this one guy sitting in, sitting in on his phone in America has has been this successful by essentially just tweeting nonstop. Um, yeah, like to put, to put this in perspective. So like, yes, Alex Jones got banned, and that kind of like limited his coverage. But he has more followers on Twitter than Alex Jones. Alex Jones has just been unbanned from Twitter. Like he has more followers than Alex Jones. Like that's that's how. And big it's, he's it's, it's not even this just quickly. followers too. It's it's how much his posts are seen and circulated. Yeah. Like he yeah he was cir- he was for almost I, th- I think the most of the month of October he was person with the highest uh, digital impressions on the platform like he he yeah his stuff was being seen by more people than anyone else like he yeah so let's let's talk about what it, that stuff actually is it's large it's like it's a combination of him just retweeting other people stealing other people's like videos of like press conferences from like Hamas. most of it is dead babies like it's a bunch it's, it's a bunch of dead babies it's a bunch of dead palestinians just over and over and over and over again and then sometimes tweets of like ceasefire or like how could the zionists do this well, um, also now, one of the things about misinformation, uh, yeah. mischaracterizing attacks, events, like a, a lot of other basic stuff. Like it's yeah, and one one of one of his tricks, and this is this has been a thing for these kind of like these Marxist Leninist people for a long time, is spreading spreading pictures that are actually from the Syrian civil war. Yes, exactly. As pictures from Palestine, which they do constantly. And this, you know, and like one of the things that we haven't sort of touched on yet is like, yeah, he. So one of the things that's happened with him is because he's the biggest person tweeting about Palestine. His t- like a lot of his tweets about Palestine are translated into Arabic and they're posted all over like Arabic Instagram, all over Arabic Twitter. Like it's like they're they're spent fucking everywhere. Yeah. And those people, you know, either like don't know who he is, right? Because they're or, they're or only the, seeing yeah. his Palestine stuff, right? They're not seeing his like raving about how GTA Six is anti Christian, right? They're only seeing that stuff and. This has made his work enormously more popular than actual Palestinian journalists and intellectuals. Yeah. And this is one of the really grim parts about this, which is that, you know, those those Palestinian journalists are just getting fucking killed all the time. Like every single day, another Palestinian journalist gets fucking killed. Like more, like more and more Palestinian intellectuals are killed. And as these people die and Hinkle exploits their deaths for more fucking content – the, the number of people talking about this with any kind of platform shrinks and shrinks and shrinks. And he's been able to fill the void left by the fact that the Israelis have been fucking murdering all these journalists with just his own fucking grifting brand. And he's able to do this because, you know, Hinkle is incredibly safe, just fucking living it up in the US while the people who's suffering he's exploiting are getting fucking murdered in the streets. And he's making tons of money doing this. <laughs> Enormous amounts of money. Yeah. 
and I don't know. I don't, I don't really have, I don't have a fucking solution to this. Like he's, he has effectively just figured out how to completely game this system in, in a way that hasn't been done before. I think part of this is like with the way Twitter's content moderation is working now, gore can be spread around in ways that it didn't used to, which is a lot more emotionally gripping for a lot of people. Um, so he's able to 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 do a whole bunch of quote tweet, quote tweets on extremely graphic and upsetting images, which draw yeah. draw more people to his platform. He's 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 just like figured out a specific thing. Like he's he's been trying to do this for a few years with very with various types of like you know conflicts or like little little like bits that he like tries to tries to do this media strategy thing on and this this one just happened to work there there was there was a certain confluence of, of events that allowed him to to get get platformed by many 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 unwitting people um and it, at this point deplatforming is not even an option like it's, it's no, you can't, like, like, like you can't you, you can't like, deplatform someone with three million followers really that just that just isn't yeah at, at that point he's also that strategy on youtube just, and shit too like yeah yeah like, it, just it, just, like, it just it just it that strategy just doesn't <clears> even follow anymore um yeah I, I guess i guess one last thing i want to say about this is like and he's he's been incredibly successful at leveraging um, like at leveraging the fact that he posts not not even good pro Palestine content, right? He's, the actual no. stuff he's doing <laughs> fucking sucks ass, right? Is but he's been incredibly successful at leveraging that to use his defense against any claims of anti-Semitism, and this sucks because he's you know he's he's effectively using he's using Palestinians as a human shield, and then fucking climbing over their corpses in order to build a brand. Well, then also complaining about the degeneracy of seeing a whole bunch of non-white people having a beach party in GTA Five, right? Like it's like it's 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 not like he actually cares about the lives of Palestinians being killed because he's complaining about black people in GTA Five. Like it's yeah. not like come on, like come on, like it's it's he is he's just an anti-Semitic fascist. This is yeah, this is and, very very you know, clear. I I think I think the thing that can be done is we like we need to like. These people can't be allowed to fucking get their start here. Like, we can't be having a bunch of fucking transphobes and anti-Semites. We can't be having all of these fucking homophobic right-wing nationalists, like, in leftist spaces. They just, like, they can't be here. Because if if there had actually been, you know, a kind of sustained effort to get these people fucking out before before they pulled all of this shit, we wouldn't be here right now. But that wasn't done. People were... People were just completely okay with having all of these right wingers just being there because they supported the same states that they do, and because of that, we're here. I mean, yeah, I really only see that on like the heavily communist and statist contingent of the left, right? Like these types of people aren't super popular among most like social democrats, at least at least recently. There's there's been kind of a harder divide, at least from my observation. Um, between like sock Dems, between like socialists, libertarian socialists, um, and the people who are like hardlined, I am a Marxist Leninist. Um, I am affiliated with these Marxist Leninist organizations. And those are the sorts of organizations that these sorts of guys kind of almost like prey on to like gain followers and gain support. Yeah, well, and, and I would say this like, this is like those groups, like, like the PSL, for example. Like PSL one is, is one example, sure. Groups, right. And like they also have a, there's a whole bunch of horror stories about them chasing down abusers. Like I, I know people who they liked a tweet that was talking about how the PSL had had fucked up a uh, a sexual assault investigation and they were dragged because they had liked a tweet about this they were dragged in front of the PSL central committee where Gloria Rivera their fucking pre- like eternal presidential candidate started doing a bunch of fucking transphobia shit and then covering yeah. it with the exact same gray zone like I'm a woman of color thing um you know but these groups were like on they they were on the edge of colla- of like basically becoming non relevant because they've been supporting Russia during the war in Ukraine for this whole time yeah, but then Palestine exactly. is the one issue they're actually like is the one issue that their stance is like you know tolerable to the general populace on and so they've all all of these people have been using Palestine even all even these people who've been fucking pivoting harder and harder and harder right for years and years and years now have been have have been exploiting the exploiting the fucking genocide in Palestine in order to fucking get all their leftist clicks back. And it's utterly grotesque. Yeah, that's 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 what I've got about this. Um it is certain it is certainly upsetting. 
yeah, free Palestine, fuck the grifters. It Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. Become a part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry with an education from Trinity School of Natural Health. Trinity graduates can empower their communities through natural health principles and techniques, whether they go into practice to guide others toward their wellness goals or open a store to sell their favorite health products. Trinity grads are equipped to change lives. With 19 online programs and flexibility to fit your busy schedule, including the popular Certified Natural Health Professional, you can get the training that helps you turn your passion into a career. And here's the best part. You can earn the certification in less than a year. From herbology to naturopathy and health coaching, Trinity allows you to make a meaningful difference by helping others live healthier, happier lives. Don't wait any longer to pursue your passion for natural health. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Bean Dad. The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week, we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.